Welcome to Built to Go, a van life podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Wagg, coming to you from the College of Curiosity. We have made it to episode 50. And for episode 50, we're going to do something completely different. I'm simply going to van life tips and then a little bit of news at the end. So we're not going to have our normal features. But still, it's going to be chock full of content. And some of these hints and tips are a little bit strange. So, hey, enter with an open mind and you just might get something really interesting. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this episode 50. That's a number that humans think is important just because I guess we have five fingers on each hand and 10 fingers total and five times 10 is 50. A couple of announcement type things. First, I'm still collecting your tales from the road. Starting with episode 51, that's the next episode, I'm going to be including your tales from the road in these episodes. And you can send them to me via email as an audio file or text, and I'll read them. It's up to you. I'll be happy to work with you on how to sort that out. Just send them to jeff at builttogo.com. That's two T's, not three, not one. And if your story is selected, I will be sending you a College of Curiosity swag bag. So please, don't be shy. I want to hear your stories, and so does everyone else. That said, let's jump in here because I've got a lot to get through and I tend to talk too much. So I'm going to do this as efficiently as possible. I've broken these down into sections. So there are five sections. The first section is cooking. Cooking tip number one, vegans and vegetarians don't need refrigeration. It's true. If you are a vegan or a vegetarian, you don't need refrigeration as much. That doesn't mean you might not want to have it. But if you think about what needs to be refrigerated, it tends to be meat items and dairy items. And if you're not eating those, you don't need refrigeration as much. Number two, a double boiler can be your friend. Now this was a technique for cooking way back in the days before microwaves and such. And the idea is that you boil a pot of water and in that pot of water, you have another pot. The boiling water can't get any hotter than 212 degrees Fahrenheit or 100 degrees Celsius. That's because of, you know, physics. So if you needed your temperature to be exactly 212 and not go over, a double boiler is a great idea. You can melt chocolate, you can warm up soup, you can do all these things without worrying about burning them. And the cleanup is pretty simple. One of the easiest ways to take advantage of a double boiler is to put an inch of water in a pot and put an open can of soup right in there. And when that soup starts bubbling, it's good to go, and you have zero cleanup. Number three, steaming your food also has very little cleanup. Now, people understand steaming. I don't have to explain that. But it's the same concept in that the steam is going to be 212 degrees Fahrenheit. That's as hot as it can get because of, again, physics. And you can steam things you may not have thought of. Number four. You can use 12-volt kettles and 12-volt ovens while you're driving. So let's say that you have a long trip planned. If you have a 12-volt Road Pro oven, let's say, and a 12-volt kettle, you can use those things while you're driving. They're meant to be used in moving vehicles. And the energy to power those will then come from your engine, depending on how you have it set up and plugged in. So it's kind of a freebie that you can drive for a long time and then have dinner ready when you're done and you don't have to use up any battery power or any propane. Number five, you can actually bake with your stovetop. 
A lot of people will debate whether they need an oven or not, and some people think they're a waste of space, other people think they're indispensable, but you can actually bake things with just a single burner butane stove. There are two basic ways to do this. The first is with a Coleman oven. They've made these things for years. They're these boxes that fold flat. They're made of aluminum. And you open them up and you stick them right on the burner and it turns that into an oven. It actually looks like an oven. It has a temperature gauge on the front. It is maybe not all that accurate with temperature, but it absolutely will make some cinnamon rolls for you. And the other, which is the more popular way these days, is called the Omnia. And this looks like a giant bunt pan. You put it right over the burner, and it comes with recipes and such, and you can bake. But everything you bake is going to look like a big circle with a hole in it, because that's the shape of the thing. Number six. Some frozen food doesn't have to stay frozen. This is a trick I use when I go shopping when I'm on the road. I will buy frozen vegetables, like corn or broccoli or whatever, and I will put it in my refrigerator. Why? Because I don't actually have a freezer I travel with. When I put it in the refrigerator, two things happen. One is that it defrosts, but all that energy, all that coldness, comes out of the frozen food and helps my refrigerator run. So that's a bonus. The other thing is it takes less time to cook it because it's not frozen anymore. And as long as I eat it within a week, it's going to be just fine. So don't think that you always have to keep frozen food frozen. It depends on what the food is. And again, meat and dairy, they're the ones you're going to want to keep frozen. Number seven, canned foods are your friend. Now, growing up, I got out of the habit of eating canned foods. I kind of thought of them as kind of second-rate food. But now that I'm living out of a van much of the time, I really appreciate the varieties of food you can get out of cans. They don't need to be refrigerated, obviously, and they have things you may not even realize. For example, canned chicken, which I use all the time. And if you're lucky, you can also find canned beef chunks, which are just as good. And of course, there's canned ham and canned tuna, blah, blah, blah. And also canned vegetables, which are super cheap. It's a great thing to have a stock of in your van just in case you want to cook something. So don't overlook canned foods. Number eight, some grocery stores will cook your steaks and other foods for you. It's true, if you buy a piece of meat at a grocery store, and let's say it's the winter and you don't feel like grilling a steak in your van or whatever, you can just ask them to cook it for you, and it doesn't cost anything, and you can take it into your van and eat it. This works for lobsters and anything that can be grilled, basically. Now, it'll have to be a grocery store that has a grill, but I've done it. It's great, it saves you a lot of time and hassle and energy, and you get a top-quality, perfectly cooked meal just for the cost of the ingredients. Number nine, don't overlook freeze-dried veggies. I really like onions, and I have a hard time keeping fresh onions for a few reasons. Especially after you've cut a big onion open, what do you do with the rest of it? Because it's kind of hard to keep it from stinking everything up. Well, you can get dehydrated onions that, for a lot of cooking, work really well. You can get dehydrated corn. You can get dehydrated all kinds of things if you go to a co-op or some other store that has bulk foods. And they work the same if you're making, say, a stew or if you're making a spaghetti sauce or something like that. It's really easy just to throw these in at the beginning and they will rehydrate. And no, they're not as good as fresh, but they're pretty good. So look for them the next time you're out. And number 10, farm eggs and butter do not need to be refrigerated. 
We here in the U.S. are strange in that when you buy store-bought eggs, they've been washed. And that washing removes what's called the cuticle and makes the eggs permeable to bacteria. Therefore, we keep them refrigerated. But in the rest of the world, and with farm-fresh eggs that you got from somebody who has chickens in the backyard or whatever, they're typically not washed, and those eggs can last for months. It's true. I've had chickens in my backyard. The eggs last forever. In fact, you don't want the really fresh eggs. You want them to be a week or two old. They're just easier to deal with that way. Don't feel like you have to put your eggs in your refrigerator. Also, butter, you can just leave room temperature. Sure, it stays soft, but the only real risk is that something's going to start growing on it like mold. And if you keep it in an enclosed container, it's going to be just fine. Okay, moving on to electrical. Number 11, don't skimp on your wires when you're building your van. Don't make this mistake. Use a bigger wire rather than a smaller wire all the time. And there's two reasons. One is it's safer. Bigger wires don't get as hot. And the other reason is that they don't lose as much voltage. Over distance, a wire will lose voltage. And the smaller the wire is, the more voltage is lost. Number 12, Use 12 volt whenever possible. Yes, everybody who has listened to the show before has heard me say this. If you want to charge your phone, do it from a cigarette lighter or from a USB port. Don't do it with the charger that came with it plugged into the inverter. It wastes a lot of energy, and if you're using batteries, you don't want to waste that energy. Number 13, if you have any type of battery isolator, battery-to-battery charger, voltage-sensitive relay, anything like that, that is charging your back batteries from the engine, try to do your power-hungry things while the engine is running. And this is one for folks who like to use blow dryers and curling irons. Let's say your routine is that you get up in the morning and you wash your hair and you blow dry it. See if you can do that while you're warming up your car, or maybe even if... you have a partner and they're driving. That way you're going to not kill your batteries with those really high load devices. Number 14, sometimes cheap batteries are the answer. You'll see a lot of talk about lithium ion and AGM and all these different kinds of batteries you can get. And there's a whole lot to talk about there. But I just want to make a note that sometimes just getting the cheap battery is enough. Maybe you're not going to have your van very long. If you're only going to have a van for two years, like for example, you buy a van with 200,000 miles on it and you're doing a minimal build, it doesn't make a lot of sense to put lithium batteries in there. Sure, they might last 10 years, but your van's not going to last 10 years. So if you find cheap batteries that are going to work for what you need, go ahead and give it a try. The worst thing that can happen is you're going to have to buy new batteries. Number 15. Before you install solar, install an isolator. Now, this depends a lot on how you use your van. But in my experience, as somebody who typically goes out and drives every single day, my engine is charging my rear batteries a lot more than my solar ever does. And since it's so much cheaper and easier to install, say, a voltage-sensitive relay, do that first and see if that meets your needs. And if it doesn't, then consider solar. There's no reason why you can't have both. Number 17, LED lights, always, everywhere, except for turn signals, which I've talked about before. LED lights are a boon for van life. They use very little power, they're bright, and they don't give off any heat. If you bought an older van that has regular light bulbs in it, 
get rid of them, replace them with LED as soon as it's practical, and never buy any lights that aren't LED. They're just that much better that that's my rule. Even if they cost a lot more, still get the LED lights. Number 18. When you're building out your van, make sure you have a master off switch for the electrical. This can be as simple as a battery disconnect switch, which is fairly inexpensive and is easy to find, but have a way to absolutely turn off everything in the back of your van. This is useful if you're going to have your van go in for service, if you're going to park it at an airport for a while, or if you just want to work on it and make sure everything's turned off. Number 9. Charge your phones and everything else that you need to charge while you're driving. Typically when I go out, I do not charge my phone at night while I'm sleeping. I charge it during the day while I'm driving. That's because charging phones these days actually uses a good amount of power. Phones have much bigger batteries than they used to, and they draw enough power that it can actually affect your battery life. And number 20, bring lithium batteries inside when it's below freezing. Yes, it's true, lithium batteries don't like the cold and they especially don't like charging when it's below freezing. So if you have lithium batteries, try to make it so they come out of there when it's freezing out if you're not gonna be using the van. And that's especially true for things like goal zeros and jackeries and portable systems. Okay, next section, we're gonna jump into plumbing, everybody's favorite topic. Number 21, a sink is just a drain. Someone just taught me this and it makes perfect sense. You need to separate the concept of a sink from a drain because a, you can have a little tiny sink with a drain in it and then have a big bucket if you need a bigger sink. Basically what I'm saying is that you can use different size buckets for different size sinks because hey, if you're just brushing your teeth, you only need a little tiny sink. But if you're doing the dishes, you might want a bigger one. So install the little tiny sink with the drain in it and then have a collapsible bucket you bring out to do the dishes. This gives you the best of all possible worlds and saves a lot of space. Number 22. Gravity works for a faucet. Do not think you need a fancy water pump if you want to have water in your van. You can go to the grocery store and spend $3.50 and buy a 3-gallon container of water with a built-in spigot. If you mount that over your sink, Ta-da! You have running water. And oh, if you're worried about the weight being so high in the van, well, take it down and put it on the floor while you're driving, and then put it back up. That's really all you need for running water. Number 23. Heat water only when you need it. I know people expect that when you turn on the faucet, there's a hot side and hot water comes out. That's how we live at home. But in a van, doing that is very expensive and uses a lot of energy, and it just really isn't that necessary. I recommend that you heat water when you need it only. If you're going to take a shower and you need hot water, heat the water on the stove and then figure out how you're going to take a shower with it and there's a bunch of different ways to do that. That's going to reduce the cost of your build and also save space. Number 24. Gray tanks don't smell if you use mouthwash. Yes, it's true. This is a very strange thing that I noticed as I was using the van. I would tend to use mouthwash at night just because, but I did notice that when I was using the mouthwash, the gray water didn't smell bad. It basically smelled like mouthwash. The chemicals in the mouthwash were killing whatever could grow in the gray water. That's kind of cool. Number 25, try the two fresh tank system. 
two tanks for fresh water. You have one big tank that's for all your washing and that kind of a thing, and then you have a little tank that's just pure drinking water. This way you can avoid the need for water filters and things like that because you're only going to have this one container that you're going to only use known good drinking water in. And the other one you can fill with river water. I mean, it really doesn't matter because you're just going to be using it for washing. It's an easy way to save the expense and hassle of having filters in your van when, in fact, most of the water that's going to run through your filter doesn't need to be filtered. Number 26, bleach. You know the bleach, Clorox kind of bleach that you get at the store? That's basically the same chemical they use in city water systems to keep the water safe. And you can use it in your van, too. I typically will add a little bit of bleach, like half a capful, to my six gallons of fresh water, and that keeps it safe. It's not enough that I can notice the taste, and I know that it's a little bit safer from bad things like Giardia or whatever if something should happen to get in there. Also, it can help keep your gray water smelling better, and it's a, just a useful thing to have around. But do be careful about how you store it. It does tend to leak more than anything else I have. I'm not exactly sure why. Number 27, USB pumps are super flexible. So they make these things now, and I've talked about them before, and I'm going to talk about them again, but they're basically a shower handle with a hose with a ball at the end, and inside that ball is a pump that you power over USB. You can either get a rechargeable one or not, and you can stick that in any bucket and make water come out of it. And it gives you so many options. You can wash the dog with it, you can wash your van with it, you can wash yourself with it, and... Remember that heating up the water thing before? You can use this to take a shower with hot water. Anywhere, anytime. They're great. They're like 30 bucks. Highly recommend them. Number 28. If you're desperate for water and can't find it anywhere, you can almost always find water at cemeteries. Because cemeteries almost always have a spigot that's open for public use for watering flowers. Don't abuse it. Be nice. But it's there if you need it. Number 29. If you want to use your cassette toilets in the winter, you can, but fill the water with washer fluid because the washer fluid won't freeze and it won't damage anything in your cassette toilet. I've been doing this for a long time. It's not very expensive and it works very well. And number 40, this one's mostly for guys and very talented women. Learn to like Gatorade and iced tea. And if you look at the bottles, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, next section, we're going to talk about sleeping, one of the most important parts of this whole thing. Number 41, hot hands can keep you warm. And I don't mean your actual hands, hot hands are a product. These little packets that look like big tea bags, and when you open them and expose them to air, they give off heat for about eight hours. If you toss one or two of these in your sleeping bag at night, oh, it's so much more comfortable if you're sleeping in the winter. But we also have number 42, hot water bottles. If you fill a water bottle, and it doesn't have to be an actual rubber hot water bottle, it can be a Coke bottle or a Nalgene bottle or anything like that, fill it with the hottest water you can and put that in your sleeping bag, and it will give off heat for many hours. Water is actually very good at holding temperature. Number 33, when you're planning your build, plan your bed first. Folks, your bed is the most important part of your van. If you can't sleep well in your van, nothing else matters. Plan your bed first, prioritize your bed, and if something else has to go, let it go. Because if your bed's no good, your van's no good. Number 45. 
have two sets of sheets. Now I know we're trying to be minimalist here, right? Or at least many of us are. Why do we need two sets of sheets? You can't sleep on two sets of sheets. Well, because stuff happens. Maybe the dog jumps on them. Maybe you have a leak or whatever. It doesn't matter. Having that second set of sheets is going to be super handy. And sheets in and of themselves are useful for other things. They can be emergency awnings. They can be emergency curtains. They can be all types of things. So I recommend you have two sets of sheets. Number 36, you can park almost anywhere for one night. If you're worried about where you're going to park and you're desperate for sleep, find a safe place, pull over and sleep and don't worry about it. Because the truth of the matter is no one cares about a strange vehicle for one night. When people start caring is when it's been there, when it's there for two nights or three nights, etc. Pull into any residential neighborhood, make sure there's parking allowed, Park, sleep, get out of there in the morning, and 99.9% of the time, you're going to be fine. Number 37, embrace the sacred socks. This comes from the Appalachian Trail community. Basically, you have a pair of socks that is used for one thing and one thing only, and that is sleeping. No matter what, you have a nice, warm, clean pair of socks waiting for you. It's this type of ritualistic thing that can help you get a good night's sleep when your day maybe hasn't gone as good as you had hoped. Number 38, consider a 12-volt clip fan. They're little oscillating fans. They're kind of noisy, and they plug in the 12-volt outlet. They clip on anywhere, and you can move them around. That means they can blow the air exactly where you need it. For example, let's say you're cooking something smoky in the van. You can use this fan to blow the smoke out the door. Or if it's a super hot night and you just can't stand it, you can have this fan blow right on your face or right on your chest or wherever you want it to blow. Heck, you can even have it under your sheets and kind of inflate your sheets. The fact of the matter is you can move it, and that's what makes these 12-volt clip oscillating fans excellent for van life. Number 39, consider an alcohol bath. This is something I do on really hot nights just before bed. I take some rubbing alcohol, sometimes the wintergreen scented kind, and I just kind of put some on a washcloth and wipe myself down with it. It makes me feel cooler and cleaner, and it is part of my nightly ritual that helps me sleep. And number 40, consider sleeping during the day. If you're worried about stealth, if you're worried about a place to sleep, if you can swing this and it's not too hot, there's a lot of what's and ifs. If you can sleep during the day, you can park anywhere because nobody cares about a van parked during the day. And that's it for sleeping. Now we're on to the general section. These don't really have anything in common. They're just tips. We're going to start with number 41, carry a tent with you. I have a one-man tent, one-person tent. It's the size of a big piece of French bread. And having it in the van means I have an extra place to stay anytime I need it. Let's say I want to hike half a mile from the van. Boom, there's the tent. Or let's say that for some reason the van has to spend the night in a shop or something. Boom, I've got the tent I can sleep in. Or if I have an unexpected guest and there's no space in my van, because again, I have a little tiny van. Boom, there is my guest room in the tent. They're not expensive, they don't take up that much space, and they give you a whole lot of flexibility. Number 42, Amazon and others will ship to lockers. So if you're on a big road trip and suddenly something breaks or you need something and you're like, oh no, how am I going to get this? Sign on to Amazon, pick an address near you, and look at the locker options, and you will find them. They will ship to Kohl's. They will ship to their own lockers. They have lots of options for this because they really want to sell you stuff. 
Number 43, have a well-stocked emergency kit. And I don't mean a first aid kit, and I don't mean a road emergency kit. I mean an emergency repair kit for your van. Have some self-tapping screws. Have some Gorilla Tape, super glue. Have bits and pieces that are part of your van build. So if you're on the road and something breaks loose, and it will, you can fix it right there. Number 44, after you're done with a trip, look at the things you didn't use and get them out of your van because you don't need them. I'm accepting the emergency kit items, but if you have a utensil or a tool or some clothing or something like that that you didn't use, it doesn't belong in your van. Get rid of it. You will appreciate the space a lot more than you'll appreciate having things in there that you don't use. Number 45 have a trailer hitch. Now that doesn't mean you're going to use it to tow a trailer necessarily, but having a hitch on the back lets you do a whole bunch of different things that you may not have even thought of. It lets you put a bike rack on there. It gives very convenient places to hook things on in case you need to pull something or something needs to pull you because you got stuck. You can put vices on there if you needed to work on your van. You can put a cargo rack. You can put hooks. There's even a toilet attachment for a hitch. A hitch gives you a place to put something super solid on your van that you can use for many things. So give it a thought. Number 46. When you're stopped in your van for the night, put on the emergency brake. This reduces the amount of shaking in your van considerably, no matter what activity you're doing. It basically stops all the front-to-back rolling that the transmission pawl allows. It also saves a little bit of wear in your transmission. Number 47. Magnets and paper holders fix many woes. I like to carry a bunch of neodymium magnets with me and a bunch of paper holders. Now, these are those big black paper clips. I think they're technically called paper holders. With those two things, you can do all kinds of stuff. You can clip curtains together. You can put curtains up. You can keep doors shut. There's all types of things you can do with those. And if you have a little bit of creativity, you're going to be really glad you have them sooner rather than later. Number 48. Have a plan B spot. Every single time I park for the night, I always have a plan B place to go that's somewhat nearby just in case there's either a knock on the window or something else happens. Maybe the area starts to flood. Maybe somebody really noisy parks next to me. Whatever it is, I always have a plan B spot all ready to go just in case. That gives me enough peace of mind that I can get to sleep a little easier. Number 49. Try to clean your van every day. And if that sounds like a lot of work, I'd like to remind you that your van is tiny. I don't care how big your van is. It's little itty bitty tiny. It's going to take you seconds to sweep the floor and wipe the counters. Your life in the van will be much, much happier if you have a cleaning ritual that you do every day. And honestly, it's only going to take five minutes. And number 50, one of my favorite things, have a kneeling mat in the van. Now, I don't know, maybe there's somebody who sells kneeling mats. Actually, I know that Ikea actually does. What I'm referring to are these mats you usually use in the kitchen in front of your sink. They're meant for standing on. Especially if you have a low roof van, put one of these in because you can kneel on it and save your knees. Also, it's a nice waterproof place to put things like muddy boots or whatever. I would not be in a van without one of these things, and they're not very expensive, and there are many ways to use them. So there's my 50 tips for episode 50. 
Thank you very much for letting me ramble on through those. I would love to hear your tips. As I went through this list of 50, I thought of another 50 I could do, so there's no ending of these tips. Maybe I'll do 100 for the 100th. No, I won't put you through that. But I might. I don't know. We'll see how I feel. Okay, van news. A few interesting pieces of news here. First, everyone's all excited about Ford's electric van that is coming out in 2021. And it is a full-size Ford Transit that runs on batteries. It's not even hybrid. There's no engine at all. And to top that, it has a mode where that big battery pack that's in there can be turned into a generator. You can literally plug into it and use your tools right from the factory. You don't have to do anything. Doesn't that sound amazing? There's one problem. If something sounds too good to be true, it might be. First off, these vans cost about $6,000 more than the gasoline version. That's not terrible. Also, Ford is going to have a whole network of charging stations, basically at any Ford dealer around the country. So that's good too. It's not going to be too hard to charge these things. But they have a range of 126 miles. That's it. You can drive 126 miles before you need to recharge these things. And I'm sorry, folks, that is not really going to help us with van life. There are talks of them coming out with bigger batteries that will go farther. But right now, I cannot imagine one of these electric Ford vans being used as a camper unless somebody was camping on their own property. and Or maybe if they lived like within 20 miles of a campground, I, I can't imagine it. So... It's exciting that these things are being developed, but it isn't really there yet. Next piece of news, Realtor.com is a website that sells houses. They basically list the MLS service for any area, and they're very well known. They're one of the biggest ones out there. They just published an article about how to convert a van into a tiny home, which I think is very odd because they make their money with real estate. I don't know why they would want to promote van life, but it turns out they did a terrible job of promoting van life. They have this article that's very, very basic. Everybody listening to the show probably knows more than what is in this article, but the prices they list are insane. The first thing it asks you to do is set a budget. So for a basic build, you know, one without plumbing or electrical, you need a budget of $30,000. And then, oh, if you want some electrical and plumbing, well, that's about 60000 And if you want a van with all the bells and whistles, $130,000. No. No. And these are the do-it-yourself prices. Uh, I'm sorry. You do not need to spend this much money. Now, they're including the cost of the van there. But come on now. My van total, with all the stuff in it, was maybe ten dollars or $11,000. You don't need to spend that crazy amount of money to get into van life. You can make any van comfortable for 300 bucks. You can. You really can. What do you expect? It's Realtor.com. They're not exactly the kind of place you would go to for van life advice. I just thought it was interesting that they even mentioned it. And a little bit of good news. Solar prices are predicted to keep falling. Folks, right now you can get 100-watt solar panels on Amazon for $69.99, $70, and you're, you've got 100 watts of solar. Polycrystalline 12-volt panels, they're you know what they call home-grade panels. They're, they're meant for using in homes. Totally reasonable. They're made by HQST, which is a known brand. Not a high-end brand, but they're known. 70 bucks. 
That means if you add on a cheap PWM controller to this, which can be had for 15 bucks, you're about $100 all in to get solar in your van. And 100 watts is pretty good. You can do a lot with 100 watts. So this trend is expected to continue. That's good news for us. I would really like to see some advances in the technology. I would like to see the flexible panels get a lot better and a lot cheaper because I think that would be much better for us than the rigid panels. But for right now, rigid panels are where it's at. And holy cow, 70 bucks. Well, thanks very much for listening. I'm sorry this episode went a bit long, but hey, it's the 50th episode. I'm allowed just this once, aren't I? Please? If you'd like to get in touch with me, if you'd like to submit your tales from the road, visit builttogo.com and you'll be able to find me there on all the social medias. Music, as always, is by Simon Weck. Until next time, remember what Robert Frost said, the woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep.